Many of you are familiar with David from the Bible. David, as a young man, was blessed by the Lord. The Lord anointed him over king, a king over Israel. He found favor with the Lord, and the Lord blessed him. As he grew, he won many of his victories and over fighting different battles and armies. He led armies, won battles, and the Lord truly was with him. The Lord had given him all that he wanted, and he truly was blessed. Unfortunately, a bad decision that he was tempted with and gave into led to unraveling events that continued to bring upon bad decision after bad decision. One day as he was on his rooftop, he noticed a beautiful woman in the distance bathing. So he called for her, he slept with her, he got her pregnant, he killed her husband, and then he married her. One bad decision after another, and Bathsheba had no say in it. She truly just went along with what the king had told her to do. Finally, Nathan, a man of God, spoke to David and rebuked him for what he had done. Nathan spoke on behalf of God to David. And after telling him a story, he tells him that he is this man. And so if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Last Sunday, I started a mini-series called Get Up, and last Sunday, we talked about get up and receive your healing, and today's message is get up and wash your face. 2 Samuel chapter 12, starting from verse 7, and once you find that, would you please stand with me as we read God's word? Second Samuel chapter 12, starting from verse 7 to 24. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord in doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had borne to David 
and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went into his house and spent the nights lying on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's servants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought while the child was still living, we spoke to David, but he would not listen to us. How can we tell him the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his servants were whispering among themselves and realized the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked. Yes, they responded, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request, they served him food, and he ate. His servants asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept, but now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her and lay with her. She gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon, and the Lord loved him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity to come into your house and to study your word. We commit, Lord, this time into your hands and we pray for your blessing. We pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts to what your Holy Spirit has to say to us today. And we pray that you would help us to be obedient in responding to your Spirit's calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. In this story, we see David's firstborn son. We see that he is born, but because of David's sin, the Lord punishes David and his wife and strikes the child with some sickness. The child ends up dying because of the sin that David had committed. You see, while the child was alive, David fasted and he prayed and he wept and he did all that he could. But once the child was dead, there was nothing more that he could do. Now, although in this story we see it's David's son who dies, I want to be very clear right off the bat. I want to be clear in saying that most of us who have lost loved ones, it is not this easy to just move on. And I'm not saying that that's what you should do. But I want to say that this child that David lost, may it be symbolic and represent something in your life that you need to move on from. Something in your life that is over, that is done, that is finished, that is not coming back, that you need to accept and move on. Do you follow me? So although in David's story it was his son, it may be something completely different in your life. And so for a moment, I want you to think in your own life, what is it that you need to consider? Maybe it's a relationship that 
is over and you know it. Maybe it's a job that you know that you need to now move on from. Maybe it's a past that you've been holding on to so tight and you won't let go. Maybe it's an addiction or a bad habit that now it's the time to really let it go and stop letting it get a hold of you and overcome you. Whatever it may be, I want you to think about it. A dream that you've had, a business that wasn't successful, a program in school that you went through but you thought it really wasn't for you, a friendship, a past hurt that you experienced, anger towards your mother or father for abandoning you, abuse as a child, a spouse cheating on you, someone stealing from you. All of those things are emotions and things that it's time to let go of and move on from. And so for David in this story, it was his child. For you, in your story and in my story, it's something completely different. But whatever it is, you think about that. What is it that is causing you to still be upset about? What is it that's causing you to lose sleep at night, that's stealing your joy, that bothers you, that still brings bitterness and resentment into your mind? What is it that you still cry over, that still cuts deep and hurts you? Whatever it may be, we know that for David, when he received the news that it was over, he moved on. And for you today, I want today to be a turning point in your life that you realize what it is, but also realize that it's time to move on. You see, for David, when he heard the news, there were five things that he did. And I want to point them out for you this morning, and they're significant, all right? There's five things that he did when he heard the news that his son, his firstborn son, had died. And verse 20 is the verse that we're going to focus on this morning. The first thing that it says that David did was then David got up from the ground, David got up from the ground. That may not be very significant to you, but it is significant in the fact that while the child was still alive, while he was still alive, there was still hope that he would be healed, that the Lord would heal him. And so David was on his hands and knees night and day, praying and weeping and asking the Lord to intercede. But now that the child was gone, now that there was no hope for him coming back, it said that David got up from the ground. And this morning, I tell you, get up. Get up. It's time to get up. It's Yes, we spend time on our hands and knees, but it's time to know when it's time to get up. When it's time that it's over, when it's done, when the song has been sung, when all is said, it's time to get up. To know when it's over. David knew that it was over and it was now time to get up from the ground. There was no need to continue to pray to the Lord and to beg him for that specific thing because it was over. And David understood that. He got up from the ground. There was nothing more that he could do and he realized that. And like David, you may have tried to do everything in your power to make your situation work, to get through what it is that's causing you stress and pain, all of those things. But 
When it comes to it, there's only so much we can do, and it's time to realize when it is time to move on. When a friendship is over and there's no need to repair, when it's over and done with, when it's time to move on from a situation, there's something that we need to do, and that's to get up and to realize that it's over, that it's done with. When the passion that you had for that thing, it's gone, it's time to get up. When the hurt that's been there for so long is there, and there's nothing that you can do to change it, guess what? It's time to get up. When you've experienced so much hurt and heartache, and there's nothing that you can do to change it, it's time to just get up. David got up. You see, there are certain things that are within our control, certain things that we can change, certain things that we can do, but there are also so many things that are beyond our control, that we cannot control, that we cannot change, and when we need to realize when there's nothing left for that person, when there's nothing left for that situation, when there's nothing left for you to do with that issue, it's not worth crying over anymore. It's not worth losing sleep over anymore. It's not worth making yourself sick about anymore. Know when it's time to get up, when it's over, when it's done, when it's finished, when it's time to move on. David got up. And I tell you this morning, get up. Some of you need to get up. Some of you need to realize, I cannot keep holding on to my past. They've hurt me so much, but it's time to get up and let go of it. I can't keep blaming my parents for what they did or what they didn't do. It's time for me to get up and get over it. I can't keep blaming my boss for all of these things that keep happening to me. It's time for me to get up and get over it. I can't keep blaming my friends because they gossip and they talk about me and all of this. It's time to get up and get over it. Know when it's time to get up. So the scripture says that David got up from the ground. And then it goes on to say, after he had washed put on lotions, or some versions may say anointed himself. After that, he washed and put on lotions. David washed himself. David cleaned himself. And this morning, I tell you, wash your face. Wash your face. What does that even mean? Wash your face. What it means is don't let what has happened in the past affect your present. You see, we have all gone through things, right? We have all gone through things and most of our emotions we wear on our face and we see it and it's, it's the first thing that people see. And you see, if we do not deal with our past, it will continue to follow us into our present. And did you know that if we don't deal with it, that many times it can ruin what is to come. If we don't deal with our past and the hurts and the hangups and the heartaches and the heartbreaks and all of those things, it will ruin what God has in store for us in the future. And it's time for us to get up and to wash our face, to get up and to see all of the things, all of the residue, all of the, the things that have been left over and wash it all off. At the end of the day, especially for us ladies, 
you know, that you get sweaty, your makeup runs, it's cakey, it's, you know, you need to wash it off, right? You wash it off and then your face is fresh and it's clean and it's ready for a new day. It's time that we wash it off. Could you imagine, especially you ladies who understand makeup, that you don't wash your face, but every day you just continue to put more makeup over what was already there. Just imagine that. Things would look messy. <laughs> Things would look gross. <laughs> it would not be very attractive, right? You need to wash your face before you can put something new on. You need to let go of the past and things that have hurt you and the things that are hurting you before God can move you into something new, before God can do something new in your life, in your situation, in your circumstances, in your relationship, in your marriage, in your family. You need to get up and wash your face. You have to do that in order for God to do it. You'd be surprised at the amount of people who ruin their present because they have not dealt with their past. They ruin what it is God has for them now because they're still concerned with the hurt and the heartache and the heartbreak and all of the things that happened to them before. You cannot go forward until you wash it off. Wash it off and be cleansed and be clean. And you see, it doesn't matter how long it takes for you to wash it off. Washing that situation away and doing away with it might take time. It might take months, it might take weeks, it might take years, but it's important for us to deal with it, to wash it, to get rid of it. Whether that is calling up a friend and asking them to pray for you, to be your prayer partner. Whether that's being at this altar week after week. Whatever it takes, wash your face. Wash it off, get rid of it. Cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself from that issue that you keep clinging to. Cleanse yourself from that hurt that you keep hanging on to. Cleanse yourself from that dream that is dead and you need to let go of. Cleanse yourself and wash. After David washed his face, it says that he put on lotions or in your version it may say he anointed himself. To anoint yourself means to remind yourself of who you are to remind yourself of God's blessing, to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. You see, as a young boy, David was anointed king over Israel. And by putting that anointing back on, he's reminding himself, yes, I've gone through that, but I know who I am. Yes, this happened to me, but God is still for me. He is not against me. Yes, this has happened, but I am a child of God. He put that anointing back on. And some of us need to be reminded of who we are. Some of us have easily forgotten who we are because we allow the world to tell us who we are instead of listening to who God says that we are. The world will tell us that you need this, you need that, you need to look a certain way, you need to wear certain clothes, but God says this is who you are. I'm not concerned about those things. You know that often we become so concerned about what other people think that we forget about what God thinks about us, right? We buy clothes that don't even look good on us because we want to impress people. 
We wear hairstyles that don't suit us because we want to be like the celebrities who wear it. We live in houses we can't afford. We drive cars that we can't make the payments for. We do this to impress people. When God says, impress me because I am the one you need to be concerned about. Put on that anointing, that fresh attitude of who you are, that reminder that God has blessed you as his child. And you know, as his child, we get to inherit the benefits of him being our father. And David reminded himself that he was God's child. David anointed himself. He washed his face and he put on lotions and anointed himself. Then it says that he changed his clothes. He changed his clothes. After he got up from the ground, he washed, he put on lotions and anointed himself. He changed his clothes. You see, you change your clothes when you're ready to do something else, right? You change your clothes. How many of you this morning changed your clothes from what you were wearing to sleep in to what you're wearing now? <laughs> I, I hope all of you, right? <laughs> even though sometimes it looks like someone just rolled out of bed, but most of us change our clothes. We change our clothes to suit the occasion that we're going to. What you would wear to a baseball game is very much different than what you would wear to go to a wedding. You change your clothes based on the occasion. You see, when David was weeping and mourning and crying out to God on the ground, he was most likely wearing sackcloth, your Bibles would say. Sackcloth was representative of someone who was mourning and a time of just dedicating themselves to God and committing themselves to him. And so when it came time for that to be over with, that time period was done, he got up took that sackcloth off, that symbol of mourning, and put on new clothes. In the same way, we need to symbolically change our clothes. We need to symbolically take off that old way of life, take off all of those things from the past, take all of those things off, strip it away, and put on a new set of clothes. Put on the armor of God. Put on the garment that God gives you. Put on all of those new things. For the old has gone and the new has come. We are clothed in the righteousness of God. Are you wearing that righteousness of God? Are you clothed with that righteousness of God? Because you need to put on that. David took off the old clothes. He changed his clothes and he prepared himself for something new. He prepared himself for the future. And I tell you, prepare yourself for something new. Change your clothes symbolically and prepare yourself for what God has in store. Prepare yourself for the new thing that God is doing. In Isaiah, he says, see, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. But we can be so focused on the old thing that we miss the new thing that God is doing. Change your clothes and prepare for the new thing that God is doing. 
for the new place that he is taking you, for the new relationship that he's leading you into, for the new job that is coming, for the new breakthrough that you are going to experience, for the new season in your life. Change your clothes and get ready because God is going to move you there. You need to be prepared. Change your clothes. God is going to prepare you for things. He's going to prepare you. And you see, when we are ready, then we're ready for an opportunity. And if we're not ready, that when that opportunity comes, we can easily miss it because we're not ready. And God wants to do things in your life, things that you've never imagined. Can you imagine that God wants to give you visions? He wants to give you dreams. He wants to give you things, and you need to be ready for them. Then David got up from the ground. He washed. He put on lotions. He changed his clothes. Then it says, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. That is what David did. He worshiped God. Now imagine this. David had just experienced one of the most sorrowful times in his life. He was grieving. He was hurt. He may have been somewhat bitter, somewhat angry, maybe a mix of all of these emotions. He had just experienced such a difficult time. Yet what he did was go into the house of the Lord and worship. You see, when we are going through difficult times, when we are going through sorrow, when we're going through difficult seasons in our life, there are two options that we have. To push God away and to blame him for what has happened, or to cling to him and say, God, I need you. You are my strength. You are my refuge. You are my hiding place. And that's what David did. He went into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. You see, it doesn't matter where we are in our life. It doesn't matter what we're going through. God still deserves to be worshiped. It doesn't matter anything that happens or anything that comes our way. And in the, the, the few years that the Lord has allowed me to be on this earth, I've learned it doesn't matter if I have a little or a lot. It doesn't matter if I'm well-fed or hungry. It doesn't matter if I'm walking through the valley or standing on the mountaintop. He is still worthy to be praised. He is still worthy to be praised. And my praise is not dependent upon what God gives gives me or what he doesn't give me. My praise is not dependent on if he answers my prayer the way I want him to or if he doesn't. My praise is dependent upon the fact that he is God and God alone and beside him there is no other. He is worthy to be praised in every season of our life. Whatever we may be going through, he is worthy to be praised. Worship the Lord. Worship him. Worship him at your lowest points. Lowest, worship him at your highest peaks. Do not forget him, for he is worthy to be praised. Doesn't matter what you're going through. David went into the house of the Lord, and he worshiped God. He worshiped him in good times and in the times that life throws struggles at you. Worship the Lord. After he had done this, it says, then he went into his own house, and at his request, they served him food, and he ate. 
after he had done all that he needed to do, he went back home and he told his servants that he wanted food, that it was time to eat. And this point, I said, eat. This point is eat. But what this is representative of is take care of your physical needs, to take care of yourself. We can be so caught up in doing this, that, and everything else that we neglect ourselves, especially when we're going through a difficult time. It's important and it's okay to take care of yourself. You need to do that. David dealt with his emotional self. He dealt with his spiritual self, and now he was feeding his physical self. You need to be holistic and take care of your whole self, especially your physical body. David dealt with that, and he ate. Sometimes when we're going through difficult times, we lose sleep. We stop eating. We stop taking care of ourselves. But I say, take care of yourself. It's okay for you to take care of yourself. It's okay for you to spend time on you. It's okay for you to take a trip if you need to, to go for a massage if you need to. Don't let other people make you feel bad for taking care of yourself. And by doing that and taking care of ourselves, guess what? Sometimes we need to say, no. I'm sorry, but I can't do that. Do any of you have a problem saying no? I'm one of those people where people will ask me to do something and, and even though I may not have the time, I just try because I don't want to say no. But the more I think about it, the more I try to delegate and to say, is that a priority for me right now? Or am I just going to be stressing myself out even more? It's okay to say no. It's okay to say, I can't do that at this time because you need to take care of yourself. Because guess what? If you don't take care of yourself, who else will? Who else will? You take care of your family, you take care of your spouse, you take care of your job, you take care of everything else, but learn to take care of yourself. And it's okay for you to do that whatever you may need, whether that's to take a day off, whether it's just to go and take a nap, whether it's for you just to go out for dinner or breakfast by yourself or go for coffee with a friend, take care of yourself. I don't know what you may be carrying around today. I don't know what it is that is representative of the death of David's son in your life. But whatever that may be, it's time to deal with it. It's time to stop carrying it around. It's time to stop holding on to it. It's time to realize when it's dead, when it's over, when it's finished, when it's time to get up. It's time to realize when it's time to move on. And when David realized that, he got up, he washed his face, he changed his clothes, he went and he worshiped the Lord, and he ate. And now it's time for you. It's time for you to get up and wash your face. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what we have gone through or what we are going through or what we will go through, that you remind us that you are there in the midst of it all. 
And so, Father, whatever it is that we may be carrying around, we pray that right now today would be one of those turning points, one of those defining moments where we release it into your hands, where we lay it down at your altar, where we say that it's finished, where we say that it's over, where we make the decision to move on and to stop letting it chase us around, bring us down, get in the way of our relationship with you, stop us from moving forward, and we pray, Father, that you would help us, that your Holy Spirit would enable us and strengthen us and give us peace, oh God. And Lord, what we put down, we pray that you would help us to not pick back up, but to leave it at the foot of your cross, to help us to deal with it, oh God. And we thank you, Father, that you are with us. And so, Lord, this morning, may you help us to indeed have the strength and have the courage to get up and to wash our face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.